Welcome, friends, to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza, and we had a beautiful, beautiful, sunny and warm weekend. A weekend that I spent it inside because we had two big wrestling shows taking place on the 4th of April. And a smaller one uh, by by DDT. So we we had New Japan Pro Wrestling with Sakura Genesis. We had Stardom having their Yokohama Dream Cinderella in spring show. And we had the DDT and Chris Brooks produced show. The Danger and Pleasure 296. Uh, realistically, that, that last one didn't really had much about it. Um, we it, It's three matches. Uh, it was like somewhat uneventful. Chris Brooks defeated Mekamami. Uh, then we have the men's club, Mensteo, Makoto Ishii, and Haganeshino defeat the Sana Nakamina uh, group of Mao and Yuki Ueno. And they were teaming up with Keiko Nakamura. And in the main event, Harashima defeated Balianaki. All matches were really fun. I really enjoyed the show. But that was it. Uh, those three matches, that was it. Like, I I, I didn't really think uh, we needed to make a lot of time for, to just to mention those things. Uh, but it's totally worth checking out. Like, the whole thing is less than an hour. Um, so if you have the time... It is a good show to just watch and, and, you know, chill out. But the two big shows that I did need to make time for it. I guess we started with New Japan Pro Wrestling Sakura Genesis 2021 taking place at the Ryogoku Kokuyan, the, the sumo arena in Tokyo, Japan. This was a noteworthy show, newsworthy show. For sure, uh, we had a couple of title changes. We had a couple. Uh, we had a technically a debut, but it's more like a gimmick debut. Uh, we had a couple of, um, I guess, I guess angles we can call them, uh, setting up some matches going forward because New Japan is heading into a really, really packed uh, April and May, and I think. They're, they did a really, really good job at setting up some of the matches that we are going to be getting uh, soon and by the end of April and and the tour in, in May. Uh, we are going to talk about those in a little bit. But before we do that, let's just go into the show. And yes, let's go straight into it. William Osprey, the British boy from Essex, defeated the god, the self-proclaimed god of wrestling, Kota Ibushi, in, in about 30 minutes. This was a hell of a match, a fantastic match. Um, there's, there's much to say for this match. Like, to start off, I personally thought that William Osprey had a, a really interesting performance because I saw a completely dominant Will Osprey. Um, the way he was portrayed, like just to just to name a few, for instance, 
Obviously, Osprey's coming in with an injured uh, rotator cuff and a broken nose from the New Japan Cup. Uh, and so, just one one thing here. Uh, Ibushi had to rely on os attacking Osprey's broken nose to cut him off. So, that's one. Uh, we saw the, the spot where Osprey pretty much counters the top road. Uh, poison Rana from uh, from Ibushi and lands on his feet, and we didn't really see the reverse version with Ibushi. Uh, what else? We saw we saw Osprey kick out of he like he blocked reverse and kicked out of Kamigoye, while Ibushi didn't uh, kick out of Stormbreaker. Uh, it really just took one Stormbreaker to put down Ibushi. Uh, when when Ibushi did the Terminator thing doing the strike the striking exchange ibushi cut him off pretty quickly like those those exchanges tend to to happen and you see us uh, ibushi just corner someone and then he goes crazy with the kicks and in this uh match osprey cut that off really quickly and so that's just like several several uh occurrences that i saw during the match that i really thought that osprey just looked way stronger then Ibushi. Um, I mean, Ibushi had like some pretty decent spots. Like he had the, the draping German from the ropes. He had that one where he rolled up uh, Osprey and just it was like a deadlift one arm uh, suplex. Um, so he had some pretty good spots. But overall, I thought that Will Osprey was just way more dominant in this win. And and it makes sense, you know, like they, they established a really dominant um, champion now at this point. And I think that's the way that it had to be. Uh, the, the story coming in was that, well, I mean, there's really not story, but when you see things in hindsight, it, the story makes sense. Um, Ibushi, he decided to that he wanted to unify the championships and everyone was against it. Uh, except Osprey, really. But he creates a new championship and he's like, I'm not gonna like wear it around my waist uh, until I have my first defense. So he wanted to have his first defense. And and so Will Osprey defeats him in his first defense. And so Ibushi was never able to wear the championship around his waist. Uh, he created this thing that he was never able to really really enjoy and so that is that is ghetto 101 that is usually how he he books uh the babyface chasers he that's that's his best uh proficiency in booking booking the the babyface chaser who is going to be chasing around the title we saw it with okada we saw it with naito we saw it with omega we saw it with ibushi and and now it continues with Ibushi because this is similar to Naito winning the title at the Tokyo Dome and then uh, losing it to Evil when he was about to enjoy it. And then, you know, things continue on, you know, uh, he, he regains it. So this is similar to, to that story. Like Ibushi, he won the title. He started to do things around it. And then when he was just about to really enjoy it, he loses it. And now it became, becomes Ibushi's long road to regain it. 
if I was ghetto, I would book, uh, I would leave Osprey have the championship. If not to King of Pro Wrestling, all the way maybe to the Tokyo Dome where Okaba can regain it after winning the G1. And then have uh, maybe down the line, maybe towards Dominion in 2022, have Ibushi defeat um, Okada for the championship. And who is his first uh, challenger? Well, it's William Osprey. And, and you're going to have this story that, hey, last time they fought, Osprey broke your your title reign and he can say the same story like i just won the title but i'm not gonna put it around my waist until i have my first defense and who is the first defense william osprey that is just perfect perfect storytelling uh so i hope they do something similar to that sense but um i mean the, the only bad thing about it is that we will have to wait for i mean maybe white can take it away from okada before ibushi takes it or something like that but we'll see. Or Ibushi can just win it at Dominion and White can win the 2022 G1 Climax, uh, which I think would be perfect. Uh, White, I think, should be winning a G1 Climax, is not, if not this year, maybe next year. Um, but yeah, like I think those, those ideas could be really f fun to see. But anyway, uh, I think I thought the match was just fantastic. Um, I... It was a close tie to the match of the weekend uh, with one from Stardom that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I I may have been more inclined to think this one was the best match just because the stakes were higher and the results were higher too, uh, were more important. But uh, the, not, nothing against the, the Stardom match, you know. So, And I guess we can compare them when we get to Stardom. But this was just fantastic. Uh definitely a match you need to go out of your way see this is one of those like title changes in japan that you don't expect at all uh like if you again if you see things in hindsight everything was written on the wall and you could have seen that the title change like had potential to actually happen but this is one of those uh title uh changes that at least back in the day when i when we didn't have uh, New Japan world you would just wake up in the morning and you knew there was a show so you go into like reddit or twitter and suddenly you see a picture and like whoa what the fuck will Osprey won the IWGP world heavyweight championship and you're like holy shit and you go and watch the match and yeah it, it, it lives to the to the hype and that's how it felt this one I I unfortunately did watch it spoiled I I started to watch the show and then I had to stop to go like do my morning breakfast and my calisthenics and all that stuff. And by the time I came back, I had already been spoiled because it was like just all over the place. But I I mean, I still was able to enjoy the match just perfectly. Like I have no issues. And and also like in it also something that I wanted to mention, like Ibushi and Osprey are right now also in an interesting story because they are two uh two two in their win loss uh records between each other but it happens that the two wins in osprey's belt have been osprey challenging ibushi for a championship 
he defeated Ibushi first uh, for the Never Openweight Championship, and now he defeated him for the World Heavyweight Championship. And so, again, that, that just adds more, like, heat to the sauce because if Ibushi regains the title and Osprey is his first challenger again, you have the story. Every time Osprey challenges Ibushi for a title, he wins. Can he do it again? So, man, Ghetto, he has the gold right now in his hands. Hopefully, he he keeps it and he uses it and he makes this story that's it's written down for himself for like by itself. You know, like you just need to put it on on the show. So hopefully, uh, hopefully everything works out. Like no injuries or anything like that. Um, and after the match, we did see. Osprey, he like we saw Cobb deliver Truth of the Islands to Ibushi, so I could totally see that match taking place of one of the Grand Slam shows. Uh potentially the Tokyo Dome show one. Be- because you already have Okada and potentially Osprey in that match. In, I mean in that main event. So you can have Osprey versus Cobb. And I would actually have Cobb. Well, no, I guess Ibushi should win that match. Uh, it depends on what Ibushi is going to be doing uh, post the Grand Slam shows. Uh, there are reports that he is hurting, so he may take some time off if he wants to enter the G1. So he may want to take some, like a month off at least or so. But uh, anyway, after that, Osprey called out Okada. He wants to get his win back from the Tokyo Dome match they had this year. Uh, but before Okada could even accept, Shingo Takagi came out and he said, like, look, I defeated Okada in New Japan Cup. And yeah, like, like he was in the finals of the cup. And even though he lost to Osprey, like, I think, like, he should be first in line before Okada. And so he, like, the argument was kind of weak, but he pushed Os- Osprey's buttons enough that Osprey said, like, you know what? I'll take care of Chingo first, but then I'm coming for you, Okada. So Osprey's story right now is he wants Okada. Like he's going to chase Okada and Okada is just like out there running with the Olympic, uh, the little fire thingy. Uh, Okada's just like, chill, man. Cool. Like come at me when you want to come at me. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, at this point, it's already been announced that Shingo and Osprey is going to be happening at Wrestling Dotaku on night two of the Wrestling Dotaku that will be May the fourth, and the winner of that match will go to the Wrestle Grand Slam at Tokyo Dome against Okada. Um, so there you have it. Those are potentially the next two challenges for Osprey. It would be like this being Osprey's first. Mm. title win don't be surprised if he loses a title at the Tokyo Dome why this is another thing of Ghetto's booking tropes he always like first timers always get the championship like only for one or two months maximum it's rarely more than that I mean just look back at Ebol just look back at Jay White uh, like they didn't keep the title for that long. Like, let me see the the actual listing of dates. So, Evil had it for forty eight days. 
prior to that, White had it for 54 days. Uh, Ibushi, also a first-timer, had it for 59 days. So there is a, a pattern in Ghetto's booking that sometimes whoever wins the championship on her uh, like for the first time they don't get to keep the title for that long i think maybe like the the one exception prior to this was aj styles who kept it for 163 days which i guess it, it is like about a good sizable reign but yeah like i mean prior to that it just becomes like tanahashi's okara's and and all that stuff okara his first win the 2012 he also kept it for 125 um lost it at dominion so he won it from new beginning to dominion uh which is not really that long if you think about it but like actually that was i i think that was okara's yeah i think that was his first but uh i mean that's that's what i'm trying to say here with osprey like don't be surprised if he actually sit just a month later because it is where ghetto like starts to build that like necessity he he has the wrestlers like get wet of the championship and then lose it omega also i guess kept it for 200 days but omega had the luxury that he wanted right before he went into the g1 and title changes are rare to happen obviously during the g1 and they rarely happen post g1 because once you have the the winner of the G1, they start to build up those matches. So it's actually kind of hard to see uh, title changes happen at King of Pro Wrestling or Power Struggle. I think I think Tanahashi won the title from uh, from Styles at a King of Pro Wrestling, but it's one of those, you know, like they that one makes sense because they probably didn't want to have Styles main event uh, Wrestle Kingdom with the title. So like for instance, one of those like makes sense, but like when it comes to to guys like Osprey or Okada, like I think they would they'd be more inclined to let them main event uh, a big show. I mean they're gonna main Tokyo Dome, so why not the other Tokyo Dome show? But anyway, just uh to just just like a warning, if Osprey loses the title at the Grand Slam, don't think he's being buried. Don't think that the title chain was because. He wasn't selling tickets. They actually already announced that they sold out both wrestling Dontaku shows. And that is with a main event that like straight up just happened a couple of weeks ago. Weeks ago. Uh, so, yeah, like there is potential that Osprey loses the title to Okada at wrestling. Don't, uh, yeah, at the Grand Slam. And then Okada takes it potentially all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. And that's when Jay White can win the 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 g1 climax win the title at again at wrestle kingdom lose it to to ibushi maybe around sakura genesis 2 like on on 2022 and then have osprey be his first challenger uh but anyway osprey has now his uh his feet are wet he knows what it feels to win the championship. He's, you know, right up there. And this is where it begins, you know. Uh, prior to that match, we had Rapongi 3K, the returning Yo and Show, defeat the Suzuki Gun team of Desperado and Kanemaru. 
this was about 20 minutes. It was a pretty decent match. Uh, there was really, it really revolved all around working on Joe's injured leg. Um, I, I, this one kind of felt like it was just a matter of, of doing the process because it felt like Robonga 3K was going to win the titles. Desperado and Kanemaru just kind of felt like placeholders at this point. Um, so it was a good match. I, I wouldn't really say that it was anything noteworthy, just the title change. I think the titles are back where they were belong. I think uh, right before show, I mean Joe got injured, they had plans for for this for these two guys to have the titles for for I mean for some plans. So I think they're just back into it. Uh, and the rest of the card were mostly tag matches. Uh, we had. Uh, so the opener match was Suzuki Gun, Doki, and the Dangerous Techers, Taichi and Zack Saber defeat the Bullet Club team of the Guerrillas of Destiny, the Tamatonga and Tangaloa, and Hado. Uh, Zack Saber pinned Tangaloa, so that pretty much tells you that there's going to be a tag team match. Uh, but the storyline here is that after, like, part of the finish was that everyone was fighting to get their hands on the Iron Fingers after the match. Um, chairman of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Tsugabayashi, took the Iron Fingers and eventually uh, announced that Taichi and Tamatonga are going to be having the second ever ladder match in New Japan for the Iron Fingers. I, I, I I'm not exactly hyped that it's a ladder match, but I. I was kind of worried that they were going to take the Iron Fingers. I think the Iron Fingers and the way that Taichi has been using them has been perfect. He doesn't use them in every match. He, But he carries it around. There's always that like bomb under the table idea that at any point he can pull him out and attack you. Uh, and I do like the idea that Suzuki Gun has this thing that they inherit from Isuka. And they actually, it has like sentimental value for them, I guess. Like Suzuki Gun right now is a team that it feels like so weird because like Suzuki has been slowing down in terms of bookings. Like he's not all the time over the, like around and he's not always like he's not around championships as much as uh the previous years anymore. And then you have like Taichi and Saber who have been doing their thing. Do Doki like comes in and out. Despi and Kanemaru also like kinda like do their thing now. It it feels like really fragmented but it's nice that if they have something like the iron fingers and they can it'd be cool if it would be like a bullet club suzuki gun like five on five type of match where they all fight for the iron fingers it will give like the team some coherence and, and important um the next match was chaos versus bullet club a five on five this is setting up the goto ishi and yoshihashi Six minute match against Kenta Ishimori and Yuhiro Takahashi. That's going to be for the never open weight six minute titles. Uh, and then it also built Toriyano versus Ebol. Uh, it's going to be happening for the King of Pro Wrestling trophy. The storyline, well, it's not a storyline, but like what they've been doing a lot is a lot about lights out stuff and putting bags over Togo. Don't be surprised again if this is a blindfold match between Ebol and Yano. Um, I think we've seen Yano already in blindfold matches before, so it's, it wouldn't be that new. But 
I think that's what we're getting. Uh, and then you had Okada, uh, who's really just, he was just there. Uh, he was going to be used for the, for the main event. So they just had him in a match. Uh, we had Los Ingobernables de Japón, Sanada, Shingo Takagi, and Tatsuya Naito lose to the United Empire, the Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and the newest member of the United Empire, Aaron Henare. Uh, I I wouldn't be lying that I thought that this was somewhat uneventful. I mean, not uneventful, like underwhelming is the word. Uh, I think we everyone expected either Henare or Carl Fredericks or uh, Brody King. Those were the three names that I mentioned last week, and I think they went for the easy one, Hanare. Uh, like, I, I personally just don't see much in Hanare. Like, he's a good wrestler, but that's about it. Just like a good hand. I don't think he has the charisma or the character to be like anything, really. I mean, he can be a tag team champion with Okan or Cobb, but that's about it. It will be good that he's with he can team up with Cobb because he can learn a lot from Cobb. Um, but yeah, like I don't know, I it's okay. Like I don't mind it. the The one thing that I, I do see is that New Japan really needs to start rebuilding the home team. Home team right now is just a bunch of old people and Master Wato. And Wato right now is a geek, uh, and everyone else are just all the guys. It's the New Japan that's. It's Taguchi, it's Makabe, it's Tanahashi. Uh, I guess Ibushi, but Ibushi is like more independent than anything. But when it comes to the home home team, I do think they need to build it up. I guess Finn Juice is there, but I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like after the match, we saw Okan attack Naito with a with a chair and so i think we're going to be getting night to versus hokan also one of the grand slam shows i i didn't see if that was announced for the wrestling dontaku shows i don't think so um but we, we'll we'll go over the dontaku uh cards in a bit um uh, the i guess the, the last match uh in the card that we need to cover is hiroshi tanahashi and kojima defeat bad luck falling weight and jay white uh, Tanahashi and White are going to be wrestling for the Never Championship. So they're, they, they've been building for a while. This match was pretty decent. Uh, Tanahashi and White did a lot of stuff together. They had 10 minutes. And Kojima and Bad Luck Fale were pretty much there just as supporting characters. Uh, Fale was there to take the fall. And Kojima was there to get worked on a little bit. And that was it. Uh, but mostly, like we actually saw a lot of Tanahashi and White. Um, and... Tanahashi has renamed the Texas Floor Belief into the JTO, which means uh, Jay tapped out because after the match, Tanahashi locked it in on White and he made Jay White tapped out. Uh, but that was it. Um, the, yeah, like it was a good show, I think. Uh, arguably a one match show if you're like, if you, if you don't follow New Japan religiously, this is just a one match show. If you are following New Japan religiously, uh, the, every match had something. Like the first match built two matches. The second match built like two matches and a contender. The third match was, a de- like again, like a gimmick debut. They set up several matches. Again, like there's just ha- things happening all over the place. So I- I'd say it was a good show. 
but yeah, definitely Osprey versus Kota Ibushi took the cake. That was like the one thing you need to need to go out of your way to watch. And while we're at it, let's quickly go over the cards for for New Japan like coming up. Uh, I'm not gonna go like seriously into each one, but like just a quick glance at them. And we have two big shows uh, for the Wrestling Satsuna no Kuni, and then we have two Wrestling Dotaku nights. Um, so. Resting Satsuna no Kuni night one taking place on April the 28th. We have um, Jota Suchi and Yuya Wamura versus Gabriel Kidd and Tiger Mask 4. Your usual jungle line stuff. Tai Chi Saksaver and Doki versus Tamatonga, Tangaloa, and Hado. So, what we have on, on Sakura Genesis. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Rusuke Taguchi, and Master Wato versus Yuhiro Takahashi, Taiji Shimori, and Ghetto. Will Ospreay, The Great Okan. Aaron Hanare and Jeff Cobb versus Chico Takagi, Tatsuya Naito, Sanada, and Bushi. Toriyano defending the King of Pro Wrestling trophy against Evil. And in the main event, the it's going to be Sho and Yo defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships against Eldest Brown and Joshinobu Kanemaru in the rematch. Uh, something I forgot to mention, after the match in the, the title match, Yo challenged Desperado for the junior uh, title and Desperado challenge or oh, oh, he asked for the rematch. So that's why we're getting this one. Uh, night two of wrestling Satsuna no Kuni. Uh, Tanahashi and Ibushi team up against Hinare and Cobb. That should be pretty good. Uh, it, it will be super interesting to see Hinare and Tanahashi interact for sure because Hinare was uh, Tanahashi's protege for a while. And then Osprey in the Great Okan versus Chingo and Naito, which again should be good. Uh, we have Yano, Master Wato, Rizuka Taguchi, and Tensan versus Evil Yuhiro Takahashi, Taiji Shimori, and Dick Togo. So, eh. Taichi and Sack Saber and Doki versus Tanga, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, and Hado, the same thing. Sho, Yo, and Tiger Mask versus El Desperado, Kanemaru, and Minoru Suzuki. That should be fun. Um, I'm always down for some Tiger Mask versus Suzuki interactions. Uh, and the opener, Sanada and Bushi versus Yota Suji and Yuya Mamura. Uh, young boy stuff. And then uh, for Wrestling Dontaku Night 1, May the 3rd, the, we start with Toriyano, Tensan, Tiger Mask 4, and Master Water versus Evil, Takahashi, Ishimori, and Dick Togo. We have Okada, Sho Yo versus Suzuki, Desperado, and Kanamaru. We have Will Ospreay, Great Okan. Hinare and Cobb versus Takagi, Naito, Sanada, and Bushi. And then we have our three like pretty bigger matches. The first one is a special singles match, Zack Saber Jr. versus Tangaloa. I think that should be great because these two have like pretty decent charis- uh, not chem- uh, chemistry. Uh, and then we have the ladder. The, it's called the Iron Finger from Hell ladder match. Taichi versus Tamatonga as the uh, semi-main. And in the main event of Wrestling Dontaku Night 1, Hiroshi Tanahashi defends the never open weight championship against Jay White, which should be pretty good. And on night two of Wrestling Dontaku, May the 4th, we have Taichi Saber and Doki versus Tamatonga, Tangaloa, and Hado. So I guess at this point, we have to assume that Techers versus Gorillas is happening at the Grand Slam. I don't think it's been properly announced. Uh, so don't be surprised. I'm probably. We're probably going to see Taichi and Saber win both their singles matches the previous night. We have Okada and Sho versus Suzuki and Kanemaru. 
We have Naito Sanada and Bushi versus the Great Okan, Hinara and Cobb. We have Tanahashi, Yano, Tenson, and Taguchi versus Owen Wato versus Jay White, Evil, Kenta, Takahashi, and Ishimori. And then in the two uh, main events of the night, I guess uh, we have the Desperado versus Yo Junior Heavyweight Championship match. And we have William Osprey versus Chingo Takagi for the World Heavyweight Championship. And those are the, that's what we have right now um, in, in our immediate future for New Japan. Obviously, there's a road to uh, calendar that I, I don't particularly have with me. And like I said, the only f- other thing is Okada versus the winner of Chingo versus uh, Osprey. And that will be taking place on May 29th at the Tokyo Dome. That's the date. And that is it for New Japan. Uh, like I said, they they have a really heavy um, April and then going into May. And May is like, we start with Rasin Dontaku and with the Grand Slam. We have the Yokohama Grand Slam. And then we have potentially, we ha- I don't think we've seen the announcement, but Dominion at Osaka Joe Hall on June like 6th, about the 6th. And so, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of cards. They're, they're really, like, doing a lot of cards, and they're managing to actually come up with pretty good main events for all their big shows. So kudos to them. I was wondering how they were going to, like, or what main events they were going to pull off. And Osprey Shingo and Osprey Okada are definitely, like, big main events. The other show that took place this weekend uh, which I thought was a fantastic, fantastic show. One of the better shows that I've seen this whole year. It's Stardom's Yokohama Dream Cinderella in spring. This also took place on April the 4th at the Yokohama Budokan in Yokohama, Japan. Uh, th- this was, oh man, it was just fantastic. Uh, it was I guess we, it wasn't as newsworthy as Sakura Genesis, but it did, it did had some stuff for followers of Stardom that people were looking for. Like this is a show that I legit uh, went in and just watch. I watched one particular match out of order because I didn't want to be spoiled in that match. Uh, that being the the five on five elimination match. The other ones, I did, really didn't care much. I saw the B Priestley news really early. Or, well, actually, I saw images of B Priestley a lot. And so I felt like, ah, oh, she probably defeated Hayashi Shita for the title. Okay, whatever. I started watching the show. And I didn't know she had retired. I mean, yeah, t- technically a retirement. Um, I didn't see that. So I just felt like, ah, oh, she's going to win. So I was pretty like pleasantly surprised that that wasn't the case. But uh, let's go from the top. Uh, the show opened. Well, this stream that I got opened with Hina defeating Asumi and Lady C. I don't think this actually. I think this was one of those uh, pre-match uh, matches. Uh, but in my feed, they just put it in together. So I guess I don't know. But yeah, Hina defeated Asumi and Lady C. The match wasn't that good. Uh, Hina and Lady C, their greenness showed. Uh, so much that Asumi wasn't able to save them. Having said that, like 
considering how green Lady C and Hina still are, the match was pretty decent. I mean, he Lady C doesn't have uh, more than a year since she really debuted. It's been months. She debuted in November last year, and she's already like pretty decent. So uh, I I wouldn't really say many bad things about the match. Uh, but yeah, Hina pinned Lady C for the win. Uh, it was okay. Then the real show started, and from here on, like every match was a fantastic match. Uh, first up, we have Momo Watanabe defeat Mina Shirakawa. This was uh, the best Mina Shirakawa match that I've seen in a long time. I've seen a couple that I've liked. Uh, this was better than the match they had last year, uh, the Watanabe Shirakawa. Uh, I thought Watanabe just looked good. She was like super vicious. <laughs> like some of the drop kicks she was hitting early on in the match were just like, ouch. Uh, and Shirakawa took the beating and, you know, like a boss. And, and at the end, she fell to the B driver in the Tequila Sunrise. But like Shirakawa looked really, really good. Uh, she's one that she's really good when she just pushes herself and when she's like paired up with someone as good as Watanabe. Uh, we had Sayaka Mitami defeat Unagi Sayaka. This feels similar to uh, Sayaka's trail matches, trial matches, uh, mostly because she's like still the underdog and she just gets her ass kicked and then at the end she gets pinned. Um, in this case, Kamitami won with the Starbreaker. Uh, Sayaka, she she looked okay. She had like a, a good comeback. Some got some offense in. Sayaka, I think needs to. Like. The underdog thing is okay, but eventually she does need to start like a type of like a redemption type of uh, storyline where she starts to get some wins. Arguably, it was not gonna happen against Kamitami, but you know later on she can get some like. I think Sayaka going into the Grand Prix, I think she's going to get some interesting wins. I think uh, the, like the type of wins that Kamitami got last year, I think Sayaka is going to be getting them this year. I think I think it'll be, she won't win it, but she'll get a couple of wins that will matter. Uh, but good match. It was a good test to see also for, to, for Kamitami to carry someone to pull them like to to call a match and everything and i think she did pretty good uh i mean kamitami was just like pretty much hitting all of her her best uh tracks so it was good uh we had the elimination match the loser must join the opponent's group oedo tai konami natsuko tora rina ruaka and saki kashima defeated the team of stars Gokigan Dev, Hanan, Mayu Watani, Sayaida, and Starlight Kid. The last pint was Gokigan Dev, and she was forced to join Oedo Tai. So this is an interesting stipulation. I I personally tend to dislike type of like this type of matches, especially when done in, in AAA or or I guess the MLL too when they include the the cage uh to me like sometimes it doesn't make sense to to try to like escape the match but like in this case when it's just like straight up elimination i think it, it works perfectly um i like 
the booking of this match, you really have to to be smart on how you do it. Like, in my opinion, when you start eliminating people, you need to make sure that at the end you have like a tease big uh, name and a credible big and a, a credible name. So, like first, I think you need to always eliminate the people who either people wouldn't care for them if they if they lost or people like don't expect them to lose. So like in this case, like from Oedotai, you have Rina and Raka, for instance, that like Raka just turned on stars. So what are the chances that she gets pulled back? Rina, she's just come back from injury. What are the chances that she's going to lose? So you can eliminate both of them early on. And then you have Konami, Tora, and Kashima. Uh, I think uh, I think Kashima had to make it to the finals. But then between Tora and Konami, those two would be your pin, your thesis of like a big name that would change. Because you wouldn't expect either to change. Uh, and they, they, they're correct, like leaving Konami and Kashima. On the star side, I think Ida, Saya Ida, is the one that you eliminate early on because I don't think anyone expects her to lose anyway. So just eliminate her. Same with Hanan because maybe people wouldn't care for the elimination or, or for the, the loss. So just get him out of the way. And then that's where it comes down to Iwatani, Starlight Kid, and Goki then Death. I personally thought that it was going to be Starlight Kid. That's the one that I called last week. Uh, because I thought there was like so much potential to build Starlight Kid if she's forced to join forced to join Oilotai, be it becoming a heel or just fighting against the system. Um and I, I just imagine like the storyline that I, they can also do for Goki and Death. Uh but like the idea that Mayu Iwatani and Stars like start to fight to get her back eventually leading up to maybe one of the bigger Cinderella matches later in the year uh, where Mayu Watani or whoever finally can go to to Edotai and say like I'm going to fight for Starlight Kite's freedom and then Starlight Kite would be like no uh, this is my match to win I like I challenge Natsuko Tora for my freedom and that's where Starlight Kate gets her freedom. So like that story can totally work for death, but I think it's gonna be it would have been like so much better for Kid. But uh instead Kid got eliminated third with Tora. Uh it was a, like a double elimination. I think it was a perfect double elimination. And at the end we had Konami and Kashima versus Goki and Death and Mayu Watani. Uh and this is interesting because like what they done with Kashima in the last months is that established that she can pin anyone with her roll-up out of nowhere. She's like she can win matches and she can pin like Iwatani, like as we saw. Like it's not surprising. And they did kind of like put things like slightly out of balance because Kashima and Konami as a team are hard, way stronger than Iwatani and Death. Uh, and what they did was get rid of Konami, get rid of Iwatani, and it comes down to Kashima and Death. And we had a couple of fantastic near falls. And at the end, when it seems like Goki then has the win, Kashima rolls her up and pins her. And 
I thought it was just like really, really great the way they did it. Uh, like if you think that Goki and Death is underwhelming as a loss, uh, you're not. You're you're kind of thinking that this is about Goki and Death, but it's not. This this story is about Mayu Watani and Stars, I guess. But mostly Iwatani. Uh, this story is about how Iwatani has been losing everyone. Uh, if you want to go, like, just see the whole thing, you know. Like, Iwatani has been losing people for a long time. Like, I'm not even talking, like, uh, Kairi Hojo or you, like, or even Arisa Hoshiki or any one of those. Like, just in the last, like, the last three losses that she had was... Tam Nakano decided to create the Cosmic Girls and pretty much Mayu turned on her. Like, I don't think Nakano, like, Nakano was cool just being part of Stars and Cosmic Girls. Like, it's, it was Mayu that kind of turned on Tam Nakano. She lost Raka because Raka turned on Iwatani and joined over the tie. And now she lost Gokin and Death because she lost the match and because she wasn't able to protect her. So this is this is like a downward spiral for Iwatani and it's Iwatani and stars that need to find the motivation to save Goki and death. So Goki and death here is a means to an end. And that end is for stars to either grow or dissolve and have star like kid take the reins of the team, you know? So, I thought it, I I think they have a a really good story here. It's gonna matter of how they follow it up. Um, by all means, maybe we're just gonna see Goki and Death embrace with the tie, and just dress as a goth. But maybe we're gonna see like just her with the rundown paint, just come out and cry and say that she is uh, Fuki and Death, which is her new name. So I I think there's so much potential. Uh, after this loss, I I'm really really intrigued to see the real reaction that Stars is going to have, especially Watani and Starlight Kid. I think like Starlight Kid can also use this moment to like take reins of Stars and be the one who leads the Stars to regain Goki and Death. Um, not not as in like taking out Iwatani, but like as in just being the who the one who like really brings them together and brings the team back strong. So we'll we'll see where it goes. Uh, but I think they have everything there. All the ingredients are set for a really good storyline down for I mean for the rest of the year really. Uh, as for the match, I thought it was really good. Uh, it was really like the way to describe it. I say it was like. Every elimination was like the last five minutes of every tag team match that we know where we have two people fighting and then we have a couple of double, triple uh, team moves and then the elimination. And it was like over and over and over again. I I, I thought it was like good because it was action packed. Like there was barely any uh, like moments where nothing was happening. It was like a lot of action. Uh, everyone that got eliminated stayed outside, so it was always great to see them like either brawl or just get incredibly frustrated when someone was getting eliminated. <laughs> like there, I think the elimination when uh, Goki and Lev actually loses, like seeing Starlight Kick just flip out outside of the ring was great. 
uh it that also led to the one like in my opinion the best one of the better uh near falls of the match and it is a trope that i usually hate outside of this match but in this match it just worked and it is it was natsuko tora pulling out the ref to save saki kashima because she was about to lose to gokigan death oh no 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 to, to iwatani um and and I was like yes because I can see a completely frustrated Natsuko Tora that just had to rely on the last thing possible and that was pulling the ref uh, and just risk it all because she was about to lose Saki Kashima to stars and I thought that was uh, like a really really good use of that trope uh and i guess uh finally we saw ruaka pin sayaida so don't be surprised if we see an uh, a title match there uh hanan and and rina looked fantastic i i really really loved everything they did uh i was joking that rina and hanan are pretty much the same wrestler just uh one's evil and one's good <laughs> because they, right now they look really similar their, their gear is really similar but I really, really liked uh, Hanan and Rina. Rina especially. Um, no, no, no. Hanan especially. Like her, she seems to be developing as a technical wrestler, and I, I enjoy that a lot. Um, yeah, but like I really, really liked this match. This was uh, this was one of my favorite matches of the night. I like it wasn't the the work rate match of the night, but I think it was the second match that I enjoyed the most. Um, of the night the one that i enjoyed the most was the next match the wonder of stardom title match not tom nakano versus natsu boy with uh nakano making her first big uh defense i think it's the first defense uh but yeah she defeated natsu boy uh this was the match of the night this was the match that i was uh kind of saying that it was kind of tied with best match of the weekend along with osprey and ibushi uh, I, I mean, I've heard people say that this was like one of the best matches of the year. I've heard someone say that it was the best match of the year. I I wouldn't like I wouldn't disagree with you. This was just fantastic. Um, especially if you've been following the story of Tanakano and Atsuboy, especially Nakano, like her whole uh, arc of how she grew into create Cosmic Girls and how she grew from being a pop idol into like the wrestler that she's right now like this was just fantastic uh it was like really really well paced it really established that tam nakano may not be like like when you see people like julia or utami hashishita or even momo or back in the day like yoshirai like they are more killers they start a match and they can totally get control of the match and in this case, Tam Nakano is not necessarily that type of killer, but she's like 100% a worthy champion. And as she starts fighting with Natsupoi, like she goes from being from getting her ass kicked by Natsupoi to making a comeback to the point where Natsupoi just cannot keep up with Nakano. Like uh, there's that like fantastic uh slapping exchange where natsupoi just starts slapping the shit out of uh, nakano over and over and over and over and over again like i thought there was a count on twitter today and it was like 
Natsupoi, 115 slaps. Uh, Nakano had like 40 or 50. And and that's where like you see like Nakano not only took all your offense, but now she like now your offense like it's not doing anything to her. She's surpassed you. You cannot keep up with Nakano. And then Nakano just beats you with uh, her moves, you know. And and I thought that was like a fantastic representation of what Nakano will be as a champion. She may not be the killer that Julia is, but she can outlast Julia. And at the end, her heart is bigger than anyone else's and she will survive and she will win. Uh, and I think that's perfect for her character, uh, for the type of stable that she has. Uh, I mean, just look at the matches with uh, Shirakawa and Sayaka. They got their asses kicked, but they 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 kept fighting until they just couldn't. And it just happens that the captain of the team uh, can last a little bit more. And and I think that is a great gimmick for the Cosmic Angels. I love it. Uh, this match was fantastic. Natsupoi, as usual, looks fantastic. Uh, I'm starting to sound like a broken record. Uh, when it comes to Natsupoi matches, but this was just like match of the night. <laughs> uh, I, I really, really liked it. Um, this is a match that I would say that you need to go out of your way to watch in this show. Like, f honestly, fuck the rest. This is the match. That was the match of the night easily. <laughs> uh, it was just fantastic. Nakano and Natsupoi are so, so great. I. I'm close to say that they're my favorites of the show, but I personally do like Micah and Sudi slightly more. Uh, but Nakano and Natsuboy are up there, you know, top three for sure. Next up, we had the World of Stardom title match, the red title. Uh, Utami Hayashishita defending and defeating B Priestley. Uh, so this was a good match. I I saw people say like oh this is like newsworthy and people are are saying much things about it but realistically like I didn't think this was like that amazing um but I mean it was good I just didn't think it, like it was close like if we have to rank all the matches of this show uh Nakano versus Natsupoi easily the first one uh, I would say that even work rate, I guess Donald Mundo versus Donald Mundo was the second one because that was fantastic, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. After that, I would say the five on five, and then Hayashishita versus B Priestley, and it's now it wasn't like that much better than Watanabe versus Shirakawa, and Watanabe versus Shirakawa was technically a squash. So, like I said, it was a good match. I I would strongly say that it was B Presley's best match in her career cuz I do not remember one that I was I thought that was better may yeah I don't think so uh but it also kind of felt like it was just a bunch of spots like early on it just felt like it was spot 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 a lot of them in the apron like Hayashida has been kind of turning into a spot spammer uh, which sucks because she used to be like a great technical wrestler. Uh, but now she's like all pageantry and spots. Uh, but yeah, like I just felt like it was a lot of spots. Uh, at the end, the match did kind of reach a point where it felt like a big deal. Like B started going for Kamigoyes and jumping knees. Uh, she started chasing the Queen's Landing. And on the other side, you had Hayashishita who like made a comeback and she like 
eventually one with a lariat, a German, and the BT driver. Uh, a really sick execution of the BT driver because B Priestley just like spun around. Uh, so I don't know, like it was a good match, but I didn't really think it was like the best match of the night at all. Uh, I don't know what people like. I think people were just like thinking that since B Priestley uh, retired after this match, that it was like gonna be like, oh my god, everyone's gonna be talking about it. But no, like the match was okay. Uh, like if you if this was the only match that you saw on the show, like then yeah, you probably think this is the best women's match that you've seen all year. If you happen to watch <laughs> like the matches surrounding this match. You're like, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good match. It's an okay match. Uh, I gave it four stars. Uh, I think that's as match as I deserve, really. Uh, and yeah, after the match, B Priestley pretty much broke kayfabe. She called in Momo and Otami, and they they told them that they were their best friends, and that she was living stardom, living in Japan. Um, as reported, and well, not reported, but like as commented in many places. She is going back to like she's not even staying in Japan. She's going back to England, and well, at least to Europe. I don't know if she's going exactly to England, but uh, reportedly she's not going to AEW. That really just leaves one other place that you would quit your stardom job for. So she's probably joining the corporation. Uh. Hopefully she's smart enough to join the American version and not the UK because man talk about like quitting being like top guy gene to being just like in the show that no one watches uh, But yeah, um, she seems to be going to WWE and For me that counts as a retirement because I will never watch her again And finally the main event of the night the goddess of stardom title match Dona del Mundo, Jimeca, and Maika defending their titles uh, to Julia and Siuri, their stablemates. And indeed, Julia and Siuri won. Uh, I thought the match was really, really good. But I also thought that Julia and Siuri had way too much offense over Jimeca and Maika, which I guess it makes sense. Jimeca and Maika are new. Like he makes us like super young, super green. Micah, she like she just lost the future of Stardom title like not long ago, meaning that she just barely surpassed that line where she stops being a rookie. Uh, and on the other side, like you have Julia, the poster woman of the promotion, and Siuri, like a fucking veteran at this point, uh, ass kicker, UFC uh, fighter. You know, like she's been all over the place. And so it does make sense that they just overpowered Himeka and Micah. But at the same time, like, I kind of hoped that Micah, like, I hoped for Micah especially to have, like, way more. The cool thing about this match, I thought, was that you had, like, four completely different wrestlers. Like, you have Micah, the more, like, technical, Himeka, the powerhouse, Julia, who's, like, more, like, the overall, but, like, definitely the vicious one. And Siuri, who's like more of the brawler, the fighter, but also quite technical. Uh, and so you kind of like a, a lot of different combinations that you can do. Um, indeed, Himeka used her power to have some hope spots. Micah. Uh, Micah was just all over the place. I saw that Micah, like, 
let me double check this match went 28 minutes with 57 seconds uh so 29 pretty much i swear that from those 28 minutes micah was in there like for 20 of those <laughs> because like the 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 match the the layout of the match was pretty much micah got worked by julia uh yeah i think so i think the order was that uh Micah and Julia first, and then Himeka got uh, came in, and she got like worked on by both of them. She was like more like the the also like the baby face in Pearl, and then at the end it was like also a long long sequence of Micah and Sudi. So like Micah got to go with Julia and Sudi, and so like legit, I think she was there for like twenty minutes of the whole twenty eight uh she looked fantastic but my god she got her ass kicked like there's one spot e early in the match actually where uh julia and, and Sudi are dominating both of them they start brawling outside the ring julia tossed the chair to micah just like like just the super shittiest way to do it it's not even like a, a folding chair it was like just like a metal structure and she tossed it like full forced on, on Micah and he was like oh dick why are you gonna be such a dick uh cause especially like on the other side of the ring Sudi does the same thing but like Sudi's like all careful uh yeah I just felt like damn Julia you're a dick sometimes uh but yeah like Micah got her ass kicked she took a beating that uh like that night um uh, and yeah like at the end they Julia and Sudi double teamed Micah and 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 she took the the pin and i thought it was a good match i i kind of wish for maybe like a slightly more back and forth but i can't complain it actually makes sense that julian siri were just gonna overpower micah and himeka uh as i wrote in the review you know like the just the fact that just because micah and himeka are the champions doesn't mean that they're better than julian siri uh, because even when you look at the previous matches that they had, Micah and Himeka have less experience as a tag team than Julia and Sudi because Himeka mostly tag teams with Natsupoi. Uh, and so even in that case, like it wasn't surprising that Julia and Sudi were just a better tag team. Uh, and yeah, after the match, uh, Sudi and Julia cut promos on, on, on Donald Mundo's dominance. Uh, Sudi was actually kind passive aggressive as usual. Sudi can talk like a motherfucker. She may be the best soccer in the promotion. Um, they Sudi actually called out Hayashishita and they kind of challenged each other. Uh, so I don't know when we're going to get those matches. I don't know if they've been announced. I don't think so. But it seems like they're going to build Hayashishita versus Sudi. I don't know if it's going to be title versus title or just the, the red title or just the SWA title. I don't know how it's going to happen. I would I would imagine it's only going to be for the red title because uh, I do not see Hayashita winning the SWA. Uh, but yeah, like that seems to be coming. And whew, man, Stardom, just another great show. Every show that I've seen with Stardom this year has been great. Even the small ones, uh, like little venues, like have pretty great matches every wrestler right now is great like even the the rookies like uh, rena and hanan and lady c are great uh like you can have 
a main event with Starlight Kid and Azumi, and they're fantastic. You can have like Azumi versus Natsupoi, and it's fantastic. Like, starting right now, I probably is the best promotion in the world right now. Uh, my number one promotion for sure. This is a show that I totally, totally recommend. Uh, Yokohama Dream Cinderella from in spring 2021, uh, April the 4th. Go watch it. Uh, totally worth your time. And especially that Tom Nakano versus Natsupoi match. Jesus, that was fantastic. And that was that is it for Japan this week. Uh, and as to make a little change, I, I'm not going to say as always because this will be our first installment. Uh, but you know it's time to talk about a little bit of Impact Wrestling. And in what I'm going to start calling the Impact Forecast. So welcome to the first installment of the Impact Forecast. This is a change now that Impact is moving to Thursdays. We won't be able to watch the show and then record as we had or originally started the, the WRPX podcast. Uh, now, like, in order to avoid having to tell you what happened on Impact pretty much a week later, I'm just going to rather use the time to tell you what's going to be happening at the next Thursday's impact. So in this case would be um, April the 8th, uh, Thursday. And the good thing about this is, I mean, there's pros and cons. The cons are obviously that it will be harder for me to review the whole thing. And so it, it will be less talk of impact, which I guess is a pro for a lot of people. Uh, but the pro to me is that since we're just doing previews, uh, it's going to give us more time to talk about other shows. So in this case, for instance, I went a slightly longer on each pen and stardom just because I knew that we we're going to have slightly more time at the end. Uh, an impact review usually takes you a long time because there's like so much shit happening, especially backstage. Um, but now that we're just going to be doing quick previews, um, hopefully I can make you like i can explain you why things are going to be happening and maybe you will be like more interesting to to watching the show uh and it's just yeah it's just like simpler uh like the whole reason that i do the impact traffic report and now the impact impact forecast is because i do like impact i i am the writer for figure for w online for impact uh and I, I got that position not because I was just looking to write whatever. No, like I legit like applied like these are my impact writings, you know, like I've been covering impact way before I started with figure four W line and that's how I eventually got that position. And so I, I, I do promote impact. I thought I think impact is legit one of the better promotions right now in the US. I, it's definitely better than the corporation. It is. It has more coherent storytelling than AW. Uh, like just comparing, like the Rich Swan versus Moose story, like goes back to a year. The storylines in in AW, like they get cut off like after a month. Uh, it, it has way more interesting wrestlers and stories than Ring of Honor, uh, and the NWA for that matter. I honestly think Impact is one of the better sh uh, promotions and shows. 
happening right now in the US. It's really the only US promotion that I watch. I do not watch Ring of Honor or AW or the corporation. Uh, and so I, I, I decided to cover Impact for that matter, you know, to promote the show, to like let people know that there's good things happening. And so hopefully uh, doing previews of the show will help as much as, car- as doing reviews. And so uh, let me hit the music and start this week's Impact Forecast. April 8th, we have four matches announced as of this point. We have Diener versus Chris Saban. As we know, the 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 violent by design team of Eric Young, Diener, Joe Doring, and now Rhino have been feuding with James Storm, Chris Saban, Jake something for a while. Uh, we are still to see who's going to be the fourth member because I, I imagine it's going to end up being a four on four. Uh, but we're going to be getting Diener versus Chris Saban. Last week we saw uh, James Storm fight uh, Eric Young, and and so they seem to be building like they may be doing some like one-on-one matches leading up probably to Hardcore Justice, if not Rebellion, probably Rebellion, because they haven't said anything for Hardcore Justice, which is taking place on the tenth. Uh, which yeah, so this is going to be the Hardcore Justice Go Home Show. Oh, so there's an extra thing to to be looking forward to. Uh, so yeah, that this match, I we may actually get in that case Jake something versus Joe Doring at Hardcore Justice. Maybe don't be surprised. Uh, we have Triple XL, Larry D, and AC Romero versus Sammy Callahan. Last week there was a, an angle where Sammy Callahan tro- told Trey Miguel that he was going to request a match for trip against Triple XL. And Sammy Callahan is expecting and hoping that Trey Miguel will decide to join him and as a tag team partner. Because as wicked and weird that Sammy Callahan is, he is, according to him, trying to help Trey Miguel uh, reach his potential. And so will Trey Miguel join Sammy Callahan? You'll have to tune in to see. But this should be a decent match like larry d is in my opinion one of the most underrated wrestlers in the united states right now he's so great uh he's just a brawler he's an old school brawler i love him we have a three on three knockouts match where alicia nevea and tenille dash will, will take on jordan grace havoc and rosemary last week it was announced that there's going to be a i think it's like a gauntlet match at uh, Hardcore Justice, where the winner will become the number one contender for Diana Parasso, or I guess the winner of Diana Parasso and Jazz at Rebellion. Uh, these are participants. There's really nothing like going on here other than last week, Nevea finally turned on Havoc and they broke up the team because Nevea ha- just is just frustrated that she keeps getting losses because Havoc is. The weak link in Nevea's opinion. Other than that, there's not too much to it. Uh, it's just the, the the participants of the Hardcore Justice match. So I guess we just have to see the interaction between Nevea and Havoc. And we need to see who gets the win here. And Polly goes into the gauntlet with some momentum, quote unquote. And the final match announced for the show is the main event. It is a hell of a match. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan 
Willie Mac and Eddie Edwards. This sounds fantastic. This sounds like the type of main event that you're getting every week in AW right now. But maybe even better because like to me, the prospect of Kenny Omega versus Eddie Edwards is blowing my mind. This is former IWGP champion Kenny Omega versus former Pro GC GHC uh like from Pro Wrestling Noah champion Eddie Edwards. I cannot wait. I think it's going to be great. Like as much as I want, I am ready to watch Swan versus Omega at Rebellion. Oh my God, Omega versus Eddie Edwards. I cannot wait. Actually, I wouldn't mind if Eddie Edwards versus Omega is the way that eventually Impact regains the the Impact Championship after Omega wins at Rebellion. So that I am super excited for. Those are the four matches announced right now for Impact on Thursday. Their new night, the debut of the new the new night. They're going to be going on a post. There is no wrestling. I mean, there's that UK show that no one watches, so it doesn't matter. Uh, so definitely tune in. It's on Twitch for free. Uh, so you don't have to pay. Just go and watch it. Enjoy it. And yeah, that is it for this week's Impact Forecast. And that is also it for this week of WRPX, your Wrestling Revolution podcast. It was a it was a fun weekend that we had with Stardom and uh, New Japan. We are heading into some some heavy heavy weeks with New Japan coming up. We do have like most of April to rest, unless you want to watch the Rochi shows. Uh, it really comes down to to the end of April, and we do have a couple of shows coming up uh, for other promotions. We are starting to see certain uh, Cinderella tournaments uh, being announced. I think it starts on the 10th. Uh, so I don't know if how much I will be able to watch. We also have the the All Japan Pro Wrestling Champion Carnival starting, I think, on the 9th. And so, yeah, like we, we, we do have a lot of stuff to watch. Uh, but at least when it comes to New Japan and Stardom, I think they're going to give us a little break. Uh, aside from the Cinderella tournament. But that is it for this week of WRPX. Remember to go to Spotify and iTunes to find the show. Leave a, a, a like, a review, uh, whatever is allowed. Uh, everything helps. You can go to DW Revolution on Twitter and you can follow me there. And you can interact with... Uh, I'm always there. Like, Well, not always, but like every day I'll, I'll check it and I'll tweet some stuff. Uh, right now, I just tweeted a fantastic, fantastic poster for... Uh, Fujita and Sugiura on Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, you can go to thewrestlingrevolution.com where you can find all the written versions of the the versions of the shows that we cover in the show. So if you want to see like slightly more details, the actual uh, rating that I give on matches, because I don't always mention the number the number of stars. Uh, but if you want to see that what actually I gave to each match, you can go there. And you can go to wrpxpodcast.com where you can find the podcast. And I think that is every every plug that I have. Oh, yeah, one more. Remember, every Friday night, we are watching All Japan Women's Retro Hour Classics shows uh, from the 80s on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash 2K. That's Zero Doska. Uh, last week, we saw the fantastic, amazing Crush Gals versus Gokaku Domei. 
match where I legitimately saw one of my favorite pins of all time. All fucking time. Capital all. It was an amazing, an amazing pin. And you can go to, to the Wrestling Revolution and to read the review. Uh, but, oh my God, that, that match inspired me to, to create art. And I'm starting to think about it. Uh, but yeah, that is it for this week. Uh, have a pleasant week. Enjoy uh, Hardcore Justice and Impact on Thursday. And adios, amigos. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.